All right, let's do this. How are you, what the fuckers? What the fuck, buddies? What the fucksters? What the fuck, Nicks? What the fuck, Adelics? I am Mark Marin. This is my show, WTF. I'm broadcasting right now from a hotel room 12 floors up, overlooking, I think, what might be the first beautiful fall day in New York City. Man, I didn't know if I was going to make it to New York City. It's been a long few days. And I'll tell you, uh, last week, watching the Weather Channel or CNN or anything, it's amazing. It's amazing. The the amount of intensity and speculation that goes into bad weather when they've got something to sink their teeth into. I didn't think I was ever going to leave Raleigh, North Carolina, which is where I was at. I went to Raleigh, North Carolina to see my girlfriend Sarah Kane's big art show a work on site at the Contemporary Art Museum in Raleigh. It was fucking astounding. And okay, granted, I'm biased, but I'm an art guy. I'll let it in. I'll roll it around my soul, see what moves inside, and then uh, and then move on or linger, whatever you need to do in front of a piece of art. I do not uh, condescend immediately. It usually takes a, a bit of deliberation before I dismiss something in a condescending way, or dismiss something at all. Usually I'll blame myself first and say, I guess I don't get that. But that's become less and less as I get older. You would think that would become more and more. But to see that fucking thing inside, I mean, she was down there for two weeks, and this was a massive space. And she did the entire bit of business, the entire painting, in all its glory, live in that space inside of like nine days and it was a lot of space. I mean, I, I've tweeted pictures of it, but if you're in it, if you're out, if you're down there in Raleigh or in that area within 100 miles, I would say go to the Contemporary Art Museum of Raleigh and see this, uh, this piece of work because I've never seen anything like it. And again, I'm emotionally involved with this woman. But uh, when I got there and I sat there with it before people came in for the opening, I got, I got a little teary-eyed and I couldn't explain it. Obviously, I was proud of her, and obviously, I was impressed by her, but the art moves you. God damn. It's got some power to it. So now I just have to deal with the fact that this woman that I'm seeing and who is in my life, uh, you know, is this fucking genius, which is fine with me. I mean, primarily because I, there's no way I can do what she does, so I'm not threatened at all. I'm man enough to admit that. Sometimes, you know, you get into those situations where it's like, yeah, you're great at that, but, you know, if I, I could do it. No, I can't do it. I can't do it at all, and I respect it. So that was pretty exciting. Did I mention the guest today? I did not, I don't think. Very important guest, speaking of art, actually, in a way. Uh, Peaches, who I have to be honest with you, I knew very little about. But I'd received her book. I'd talked to Kim Gordon about her, and I started poking around, looking at her work. And I got this book that you know had a lot of her performance or photographs of her performances, and again, very easy to to sort of be like, you know, performance art, that's ridiculous. This is this is like, you know, bad comedy or what kind of clown clown bullshit is this or whatever you're going to do. Why be a slave to your cultural expectations that are probably ingrained in you, you know, without even your permission? Why not push them out a bit and let it in? Why not open your heart to things that you don't quite understand? if it is a safe environment to do so. Art shouldn't be safe at all, but taking it in should be relatively safe. 
You, you know, you shouldn't have to. You shouldn't have to see a piece of art in a free fall without a shoot. If if you feel that way because of the art, then that's some good art there. But you know that shouldn't be the opening of the exhibition. Is uh, you have to jump out of a plane and it's the last thing you see. Look over there. You see that thing in the sky that's you know blowing up and spinning around. Okay. Hope you enjoyed that. R.I.P. The point is, I was t- I was very taken with the uh, with the audacity. And the persistence and the the, the 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 strange courage of Peach's work that I saw, you know, in print in terms of photographs of her performances. And then I listened to her music and it was fun. It seemed to come from a place. She seemed to have a thing. But she's a very, you know, a, a, quite a spectacle. And she does a lot of stuff with prosthetics and costumes and haircuts and penises and things and boobs and, uh, you know, a, a lot of different stuff. So I did a little research. I poked around a bit and learned some stuff about her. And this was the most interesting thing. There's a thing I do that I'm not sure is correct. And that is there's two things is dismissing people as crazy without deeply acknowledging my own particular insanity. The other thing is, is assuming people who are uniquely talented in, a, in, a, in an uncomfortable way are damaged, I think is wrong. I think it might be wrong to assume people are damaged just because of their profession in most cases. Again, look at yourself. You know, where are you coming from? What's your lot in life? What have you chosen to do with your life? What are the reasons? What are you hiding from? What are the emotional scars that you're trying to solve? It it was one of those situations where I'm speaking directly about my guest today, Peaches, where I'm like, she's got to be out of her fucking mind which is a fairly conservative, frightened way to assess something you don't understand without really knowing. And you'll find in my conversation with her, I was uh, uh, amazed at how grounded and focused and um, sort of deliberate she is in, in you know, her path to her creativity and to her, her actual work. So I learned a lesson. You know, don't make assumptions especially negative pathological assumptions about someone's psychological disposition based on their work because you might just be projecting and it, why don't you reckon with your own shit and hopefully whatever they're producing makes you go that full route and ask those questions of yourself so you can do that. Sometimes art's supposed to do that. Wow, this is fucking nuts. Well, why is it affecting you like that? Uh, sh- shut up, man. Yeah, I did that, uh, the New Yorker Festival interview with Khalifa Sana, uh, who I'd never met before. He's, uh, he writes for the New Yorker. He writes a lot about music and stuff. He's interviewed me before about some stuff, but, uh, he did a good job and I want to thank everybody for coming out for that. That was a fun conversation. I like to talk. I'm always surprised that people want to see me talk, uh, in other, <laughs> sometimes I think like, don't I talk enough? Is anyone going to come to this? Well, how could they? Why would they come see me talk more in a different context? But I'm glad you did because it, it always something always exciting happens when I do talk. And tomorrow I will be at Princeton, Princeton University in New Jersey, my friends. Uh, I will be doing a free lecture, part of their lecture series out there. That starts at six o'clock on Tuesday, October uh, 6th. I will be uh, at Princeton. Princeton in the Mikosh Hall, room 50. I'll be there giving a rap. You're free to come, New Jersey people. I'm going to be in the same room 
where Albert Einstein presented his theory of relativity. Thanks for telling me that, guy who's running the lecture. (laughs) Oh, man, not a lot of pressure. I better put something together, right? I'm glad I made it out of Raleigh. Boy, that hurricane that didn't happen almost had me buying a house down there. So I didn't buy a house in Raleigh. I'm in New York. The clouds have broken. And what I was going to say is I was surprised at how relieved I was to see rain and to experience the beginning of a season because L.A. is slowly drying out on all levels. It's fucking apocalyptic there. I'm getting, I'm getting to a point, people. I'm getting to a point where I'm about to run. So let's now talk to my guest back in the garage, uh, Peaches. Her new album, Rub, is available now. And Peaches is on tour as well at, this, at the current time. Go to peachesrocks.com to see where she's going to be. Also, that lovely coffee table book I got. So this is my conversation with Peaches. Want to work hands with yes. your, uh, with your uh, mullet hawk? My mullet hawk. I'm kind of like rocking five different hairdos. <laughs> you got uh, you got some. What is that? A fade I got and a, a mullet. Yep. And a mohawk mm-hmm. and tips. Uh-huh. Are those what those called? Are they called uh, like blonde tips? What <laughs> Frosting. Are, frosting. I think that's the old school name. And but, yeah. Yeah. And it's all your real hair. Of course. Oh, stop it! <laughs> Come on. Here's the deal with you and yeah. me. Uh-huh. Kim Gordon mentioned you. Yeah. And then you and I uh, did some twittering yeah. at each other. Tweeting. Tweeting. We tweeted. Tweeted. And then I'm like, all right, I got to reckon with peaches. <laughs> <laughs> I got to figure out what this is all about. And then sort of I immersed myself in uh, the music yeah. and the world and the book. And, uh, and then there was that moment where like, how, where the fuck have I been for the last <laughs> 15 years to, to like not be up to speed. But I, I don't, I, you're not that easy to find, are you? Um, well, Peaches is a lot of different things, yeah, right? Yeah, it's and, a world. Uh, yeah, I mean, and, but also it's a fruit. Uh-huh. Uh, it's a very um, <laughs> well, popular Southern name. Uh-huh. It's like, um, you know, uh, R.I.P. Peaches Geldof. Uh-huh. There's, um, you know, just so... Well, I mean, I, I was specific with my search. Yeah. I, I didn't no, but no, but that comes up too. Really? Yeah. Well, where, so, why why peaches? It's actually from a Nina Simone song. Oh, really? Yeah. I just watched a documentary on her. Yeah. Crazy. That was it's incredible. There was a lot of Brutal. things I didn't know. Really? Yeah, I didn't know that her music was banned like that heavily. When she became very politically active. Yeah, yeah. And that it was a threat. I I had no idea that she, you know I knew she was a. A powerful force, right? But I didn't realize how much of a threat it was, right? Yeah, during that time yeah. where you know there's that that weird uh, kind of combination of of mania and activism. Oh yes, that she just took over the top. Yeah, it was. I I didn't know her stuff that well, and I certainly didn't know her story, and it was sort of heartbreaking and amazing. Yeah. Did you listen to her when you were a kid? Um, yeah, I listened to her a lot. But that song, Four Women, yeah. at the end, she yeah. says, "They call me peaches," and that's where you got it. So from? I was like, yeah. "Oh, I want her to sing that to me." <laughs> I'm going to be peaches. She's not going to be like, they call me Meryl. So. <laughs> Meryl's the real name? Yeah. Meryl what? Meryl Nisker. And, uh, and it's Jewish. It's it's Jewish. It doesn't sound so Jewish, does it? Nisker. Not really. I know those SKs with the ER sometimes. Pol- Polish. Yeah, Polish. Yeah, uh, yeah I'm, a, I'm part Polish Jew. Uh-huh. Yeah, they, we all came from the same. What's the, the other same. part? 
I think there's a there's a lot of Polish Jew, and I think there might be some uh, Lithuanian Jew in there, maybe, maybe mm-hmm. some Austrian Jew. I because most of like the mo- yeah. yeah, you too. I think my Austrian Polish it, it's kind of like melded because of you know, yeah, got all sure yeah around. all that Eastern European Jew stuff. Mm-hmm. But but you come from Canada, yeah. So your family ended up there, and mine ended up here. How'd they get to Canada? Um, half my family went to New York, and half went to Canada. Actually, they went to a farm in. Um, Edmonton. Really? Yeah. And they were like, what are we doing here? We're not farmers. How, but isn't it weird how they end up there? How did Jews end up there? I, 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 I don't yeah. even, I, I never know, like, you know, what, what the process is. I, I don't know. But you grew, you didn't they're grow wanderers, up. They're wanderers. Yeah, they so, are. Yeah. You know. they're, they're on the run, is yeah. what they're, yeah. <laughs> where, 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 what part did you grow up in, though? Toronto. That's Toronto. A, Toronto. 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 Yeah. Is that how you say it? Toronto. Toronto. Yeah. That's a good city. Yeah. It's a big city. It's a it's real city. Mm-hmm. It is. A re- well, yeah, it, it likes to think it's a real city. Well, I mean, it is for Canadian city. It, for a Canadian city, <laughs> it is. You know it's a real city for Canadians because all Canadians from everywhere else hate Toronto. Oh, you're from Toronto. Oh, the big city. That's the corporate city. Yeah. Oh, yeah. corporate city? Yeah, ooh, Toronto. But, the, but it's weird. I try to like figure out what the difference is between like a Canadian city and American cities. It just seems to be a lack of general fear and terror in the street. You'll just hear a lot of sorry. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Like <laughs> Canadians will bump into you and but they're out the walk- other person will apologize. Yeah, <laughs> right. Like, oh, sorry. You bumped into me. <laughs> So, <laughs> but wh- what kind of families you grow up in, though? Can I ask these questions? Because yeah, I want to know you how you how you evolved into this I, event. I into the, <laughs> this I, ongoing event that is peaches, like s- suburban Jewish. Really? Kid. Do you have brother and sisters? Yeah, I have a brother and a sister. So it's a big little Jewish family. Yeah. Conservative Jews. Conservative. It's just so funny that it's conservative because they, we were conservative for no reason. What well, doesn't mean anything really? Yeah, it, it means a, tradition. It means like I'm still scared of my parents, and they were conservative, so we're going to be doing right. that too. But my, but um, we like bought mitzvah. This is the sad part. What? Because my bro- we went. My brother got bar mitzvah in yeah. Israel. Oh, the whole thing. Like we all you went. Want, oh, the big, yeah. yeah, and um, we all got dressed up like right. Canadians, you know, for bar mitzvah. Uh-huh. And then um, it was in like um, where because my uncle lives in um, the Negev. Really? Yeah. yeah. So um, we went to their synagogue, and um, everybody else is in like shorts, and right. all the bar mitzvah boys are just like, yeah, another day, you know, whatever. right, right. And we're all like uptight in our dresses outfits, and yeah. suits. Yeah. yeah. And then my so my brother had that. Yeah. Um, my sister had a choice. Right. Either having a bat mitzvah. Are they older? Yeah, they're both okay, older. Okay. So my sister's three years older. Yeah. She has a choice to either have a bat mitzvah or to go on a van tour across Israel with other 13-year-olds for a month. The teen tour. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, no. Just like in a van. Not oh, even like... Uh, not a bus. Not... Just like a van with like 10 other kids. Right. And she took that. Yeah, how amazing! What right. a great experience. All right, so that's what they got. Yeah. And and when it came to you, basement party. <laughs> they were about to renovate the basement. But you had a bat mitzvah. No, you didn't. I just had a basement party. They're like, your brother's DJing. <laughs> that's and it. That's it. Yeah. That's probably what. That's what probably what started your whole career. That was the they bitterness just, from the basement party. Yeah, <laughs> I you know, well, I went to half day Hebrew, half day English school. Really? Yeah. So I I really was always like, why I can't even learn English? How but, can I learn Hebrew too? And I was very spaced out, very spaced out kid. But they were, but they were really Jewy. I mean, that's not like you know, sending. I mean, we all. It, 
eventually you get to Israel once. Yeah. No, you, no, no. For, uh, me and my sister both went to half-day Hebrew, half-day English school. She can speak Hebrew. I can't because I just spaced out. I was like, this is too much for me. But do your parents both speak Hebrew? No. What's your old man do? He He's an accountant. He used to be a pro baseball player. Really? Yeah. In Canada? <laughs> yeah, he got discovered in a, in a, like a small park. Because, you know, like when... His parents came over, yeah. you know, they'd always bring people over, right. and they had no money, so everybody would live in their house. Right. They basically lived under the dining room table and then give away their room and everything. And uh, one one person who stayed at their house took my father, who was, um, they had two uh, sons, and my my father was the younger one, uh-huh. and he's like, kid, I'm going to show you how to pitch. Yeah. And he would pitch every day with my father, and then... And your yeah. your dad became a pitcher. Yeah, yeah, he was a pitcher, and he was uh, a pitcher at the time where you could still be a, a, a batter. Uh huh. So, I mean, for what what team? He was like the Cle- um, the Cleveland Indian farm team. Okay. Yeah. So he never made the majors. No, his mother died when he was like twenty one. Oh. And he was just like, I want to go home to my, Canada. My girlfriend and get married uh-huh. and then he became accountant but he's the most contented man he's like no regrets so happy he's been with my mother since uh she was 14 and he was 17 really yeah and they love each other still yeah they're in their 70s they're so in love it's 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 that's so sweet yeah it's uh, you're just like i'll never have that <laughs> why do we assume that i don't know it's, it's they're amazing we're, we're getting up there like i've been through a few i've been through a few <laughs> I tried. I mean, I try. I, you know, I have a good model, so yeah. I've tried. You know, I, I don't know what what causes the uh, the fundamental inability or the dissatisfaction or the hunger to keep, you know, to not relax into it or something. I think that it seems like there is a lot of compromise that you just have to live with. I think, you know, I was married. Uh huh. Um, for how long? Well, I was with this person for nine years. Yeah. But, I mean, he was 21, I was 24, we got married when I was 28. Really? Yeah. He, so you were with in him- In Canada. Right. Yeah. So how long were you with him before he got married? Four, uh, five years. And what did that guy do? He was an artist. Painter? He was a painter and he, uh, a sculptor. He was really interested in making, like, action figures. Uh-huh. So he used to, like, and he, and he, thought, he used me as a model. So right. So he'd, like, stare at my face and all my moving parts. <laughs> and then he made an action figure of me. With like thirteen movable parts and uh-huh. my head, and that, for a year he was just like carving it and staring at me. What were you doing at that time? Um, well, I was m- doing music at night and um, my day job, doing music with children. You were you like what? Like how did you play piano, guitar, guitar? Sing? I was learning acoustic guitar. And you were twenty one. Yeah, twenty one. Okay. Yeah. And this is like when you uh, well, getting back to your parents. What did your mom do? She didn't. She. Just hung out? Hung out. But um, <laughs> at 30, she went back to school, psychology. Oh, really? Yeah. Parent effectiveness training courses. And, and she, she started tra- smoking. Of course. Because yeah. she had to be intense as a psychologist. Yes. The smoking mm-hmm. kind. Yeah. The thoughtful, intense one. Yeah. She is. That's exactly her. Really? Yeah. Very, very thoughtful, intense. And and was she, uh, did, did her parenting shift at 30? How old were you? When um, she was doing that, smoking uh, and being psychologist. I think I, I was probably like 12. Right. Yeah. So was there a big shift in the approach? <laughs> no, I, I didn't notice. I was too spaced out. <laughs> why are you so spaced out? I don't know. I was just spaced out. I just like didn't understand why all these 
I don't know. I just didn't understand why I had to go to this kind of school or yeah, why yeah. I lived in this life. And, it, you know, I, I, it wasn't more like a defiant thing. It was more like, I just don't get it. You felt out of place? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Just uncomfortable around the regular people, around yeah, the I life. I didn't even know why, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't... It wasn't like I was a loner. I had friends and right. everything. But inside, you were like, I'm different than this. No, no. I, no? I wasn't even like, a, no, I was just spaced out. <laughs> I was really? just like, what's going on? Yeah. <laughs> no drugs. No drug. I mean, I was 12. Right. Yeah. Well, you know, it starts young. Maybe not in Canada, but yeah. here, you know, you can get going pretty early. Yeah, <laughs> it's true. You can. So so you, you're you're doing that. You're being a spaced out kid. Yeah. And then you, when does the compulsion to create happen in general? Because, I mean, with well, somebody that does all the things that you do, yeah. that it, it's hard to sort of categorize it in, in probably until later. But you, you seem to be you're pretty open to, to creativity in a, in, a, in, a, in a big way. So was there a specific thing that kind of triggered you? Well, um, I was, uh, you know, I memorized uh, songs all the time, you know, one of those kids. I was yeah, just yeah. like, yeah. almost in an autistic fashion. Like, uh, like, I remember every song. You know, I used to like, New Year's when I was six, I would stay up and listen to AM radio and write down like the top 100 and of, then I would like have it of that year and uh-huh. it would be very important to me. To listen to all of them and to know all to of them? To know all of them and I'd be so excited if I knew every song or things like that. So I was really into music in my head, but I didn't know it meant anything. or Right. And I didn't think you could be a musician if you didn't have training. Right, yeah. Or anybody else around you that was doing it. Who, so, were, the, who were the bands that, that sort of moved you early on? Was it like disco music? I it, well, um, you rock know, music, all of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember hearing Talking Heads on like a classic rock uh, station. I'm like, this is different. This is it. This is like not classic rock, but it's on this station. I don't understand why, but I like, like it. Like Psycho Killer or something. Yeah, One yeah. Of the, right, right. Yeah, and, and you're like, what? I was like, why is this here? <laughs> yeah, and also, you know, um, when I was 12. Yeah. Usually it's always when I was seven, but it seems like today when I was 12. 12 is a big time for you. That was Um, a pivotal year, the 12. Yeah, well, we used to have these... um, Before the basement party. Yeah, right before, (laughs) but leading up to... Yeah. But we used to have uh, school dances. Right. This is after I went to Half to Hebrew, Half to... When I went to the public school, which is ironically called Zion Heights Junior High. (laughs) But it was not a Jewish school. No, no. (laughs) But uh, we would have school dances, and Uh they would play a lot of early hip-hop, like... Right, first hip hop songs, yeah, and um, early funk music mm-hmm. and uh, and disco, right? Yeah, so that was like seventy seventy eight, right? Yeah, and so there was like a lot music you can dance to. Yeah, and I love to dance. You did, yes. Um, my dad and my brother made me play hockey because I'm Canadian. You played hockey. Yeah, and all the uh, games were Saturday nights, uh-huh. but I was invited to like bat mitzvahs and bar mitzvahs, so uh-huh. it was like a big yeah, problem like, for me. I'm not going to play hockey. I don't want to play hockey, Dad. I want to <laughs> dance to the bat mitzvah. <laughs> How were you on the skates? Pretty good? Horrible. <laughs> it was horrible. I wanted a hockey success story. There's, there's, there's no, none? no. What did your siblings end up doing in life? In life now? Yeah. Or, um, well, my brother is a, a editor. Yeah? Yeah. For publish, oh, film editor? Yeah. And he works on TV right now. You have editing. two? And I have a sister. And what's she do? Um, she is living life, and she's the most beautiful person ever. She has a debilitating disease. Mm-hmm. She has multiple sclerosis, mm-hmm. and um, it's a galloping form, and she um, 
She's just trying to get through the day all yeah, the time. Yeah. But she's uh, so positive and like the biggest inspiration of my life. Is she in Canada? No, she's in uh, in White Plains, New York. Oh, yeah? Yeah. And do you spend time with her whenever you can? Yes, I try to spend a lot of time with her. She's an inspiration because of her determination? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of amazing when you, you know somebody or have somebody in your life that has to struggle with something so real and horrible and they can still manage. They, she has so much love yeah. for, for everybody. Because I... I I have like you know Jewish guilt, sure, and uh, and also with her because I'm like, oh yeah, I'm, I'm just going to Japan to play some shows, and she's like, oh my god, <laughs> you're so amazing, I can't, but you know, like so excited, yeah. more, yeah. but not in a in a phony way. She's right. just seriously excited, right? Because I I don't want to like make her feel bad or you right, know, right, right. But, but she loves it. She she vicariously you know lives through it. So she's excited for your success. And yeah, I I have to like when I watch your stuff or when I listen to it, it you know, it, in, in terms of how it's provocative. At what point did your parents say like I guess she's doing good? <laughs> when they read about it in you know <laughs> right. the newspaper, you know, uh-huh. then they're like oh because they're friends. Like they're, my mother had a harder time. My dad was like. Oh, you know, we listened to Donna Summer in my car. Uh-huh. Bad girls. <laughs> I know what you're doing. Uh-huh. You know? Yeah. And then I remember he read an article on Little Kim once, mm-hmm. and he was like, Oh, I read about Little Kim. I know what you're doing. <laughs> I know what you're yeah. up to. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, so let's get back a- around to um, what provoked you creatively. Okay, so you're, you're, you're listening to music, but yeah. at some point you started to evolve into this, you know, performance artist slash techno goddess thing <laughs> <laughs> provocateur yeah. but but it didn't start out that way it doesn't no, sound it's, like it's all very organic i mean i like i said i didn't even know what art school was like i didn't know what that was right. you know i didn't but you were 12 you know right. no but also like even I, I didn't i didn't i didn't know about contemporary art or any of that Nothing? stuff no my my you know we had like a dolly print on my wall and of course. so i was like why is that you uh, know watch melting or yeah, like Don Quixote, right. Picasso, you know, uh-huh. but, but, you know, I didn't know, I didn't know anything. About so something that. must have blown your mind at some point. Yeah. I mean, it was all blowing my mind. I didn't, you know, realize yeah. it, but, um, and then there was like a big theater element. So I, because, uh, you know, we'd go to visit family in New York and then yeah. we'd go to Broadway shows and things like that. Yeah. And, and, uh, I, I, it's such a typical. There's two really typical Jewy stories. Okay. At my uh, cousin's bar mitzvah when uh-huh. I was seven, yeah. <laughs> I I asked my mom if I could sing with the band. Yeah. And she said, "Can you sing?" And I'm like, "Yeah, I think I can sing." So I sang with the band. Uh huh. So and then Did I you had nail to, it. I nailed it, and I had to sing it at every every bar mitzvah, can, every bar mitzvah and wedding and stuff like that. <laughs> so I mean, then then it, the secret was out. Like Meryl, will Meryl sing. can sing, <laughs> and so every Barbra Streisand uh, album or anything that came out was like, "There's a new Barbra Streisand. Can you learn Evergreen?" So you know, I would sing all that. And you liked learning lyrics, so it wasn't a problem. I loved it. I loved it. I remember waking up one morning and and on the radio was like Barbra Streisand and Neil Diamond right. singing yeah, yeah, yeah. like "You Don't Bring Me Flowers." I ran into my parents room like oh my god they're singing together you know Neil, and you knew both of them yeah uh, I mean, well because that's all we listened sure, to you know sure. and then um, my parents were like yeah that's cool and I was, I was i couldn't believe they weren't as excited as i was that, you, I, about neil diamond and barbara streisand singing together <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so uh, so you graduate high school 
Yeah, well, so I was very into theater because because uh, that's I gonna, all I knew. I was, so, wonder, I was wondering about that. Yeah, so I was very into theater, and then we had this really special program in my high school mm. where um, uh, in grade grade eleven, so yeah. that's a Canadian thing. Not yeah, we, ten, uh, in, you guys say like we have it eleventh grade. Okay, well, so, similar though, yeah. right? You do this. So grade eleven, you, you go were, to twelve, right? Grades. 13. Okay. Yeah. Right. So in grade 11, they split everybody into actors, and grade 12 was producers, and grade 13 was directors. So it was a real program. Yeah, yeah. So I got really into it, and I couldn't wait to be the director, and then- You started as an actor. Yeah, I had to be an actor. And in, what plays, like, like, when you went to New York, what do you remember being like, oh my God? I don't know, like, just like Fiddler, nothing. Like Fiddler, Fiddler on the roof. roof, or like West Side Story, Like and the stuff revival like that. of Fiddler with Topol as the, the main guy, back again? Probably, and, and I that? think I stood up in the like aisle and was dancing, and oh, do, my parents <laughs> were like, sit down. Or, or actually, they let me, You're like you like a know. dorky Jewish girl. So dorky. <laughs> Yeah, and then uh, Fame, you know, the yeah, of course. Fame yeah, was yeah, like yeah. my favorite movie. And then there's that girl, Doris, who's singing like her mom's making her sing. Right, yeah, yeah. yeah. She wasn't my favorite. I didn't care. It was, of course. But, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So you're, so you're in 11th grade and you're acting in and acted and then I was doing production and and I started to like fight with teachers, like oh, yeah. why are we doing this, but you know, and stuff like As that. As a and, director? Yeah, yeah, or as a, you know, just like... As a student? As a student, and just like, you know, questioning things, and... Right. Um, then the, I, the rebellion started to happen, yeah, the rebellion, finally. Yeah, and then also I started to care about uh, my subjects, and, and actually, and writing, and yeah, yeah. literature, you know, yeah. and things like that, right. so um, I started to get into it, and then I went to theater school for university. In for a, all of it? You, you finished? And no, did I didn't. I, I actually dropped acid and went, what am I doing? Really? You had yeah, that experience? I really had that experience. I dropped acid and the next day I was like, I do not want to be in this program. And then I took all arts. Like I took a, you know, mixed media course. But you stayed in school? Yeah. Yeah. I stayed in school. And you got a degree in arts? I got a degree. Yeah. And you did like I, what? All painting, drawing, sculpture? Oh, I took a, a 101 uh, like visual arts class yeah. and I was horrible I've never life drawn in my life yeah <laughs> and the teacher would like come by and be like you're she had this English accent yeah. she'd be like you're stupid really? what are you doing and yelling at me and like I'd be like I don't know it's 101 drawing I'm trying <laughs> you know and then I um, had to do a sculpture and I got scared so I just asked my friend to do it for me you had because I was like a sculpture yeah and she <laughs> she made me really manly with like this big chin and, yeah. I, and I got in trouble for that for your friend's chin of you? She's just like, that doesn't look like you, you know? Oh, so they were really sort of strict, figurative, kind of like... It's the first half of the year, and the yeah. second half was all like... Breakout. Breakout, like mm -hmm. um, conceptual. And then I was like, I get it. This is you know, do. And yeah. we learned about like Duchamp, and uh -huh. then, um, I don't know, you had to make a monster out of found objects and... Oh, that's the good stuff. Yeah, and then I was like, made some blender monster, and she loved it. She's like, now you're brilliant. What happened to you? you know? Same teacher? Yeah, yeah, same teacher. So, that's amazing. Yeah, that was fun. So the acid thing, what was it, What was that? Who, how did that happen to a, a dorky Jewish girl? Who, who were you hanging out with that said, do this? Oh, no, no, no. It was just like, you know, Monday nights we would go dancing at this oh. place... RPM and uh -huh. so one night we're like let's do acid and that was a tough yeah, few it was just days fun. no it was just fun I think I did only like a half I've only yeah. done acid twice and it, and it was just like sparkly and yeah, then yeah. but then I just went I am dropping out of that program yeah. that's it that was the inspiration the yeah. life changer yeah when did you start well, playing the guitar um probably at the end of high school 
I always like dated guys who played guitar instead of playing guitar myself mm-hmm. at first, and then mm-hmm. I realized I'm like, it's me who wants to play guitar, not <laughs> dating a guy playing guitar. You know, <laughs> so did you date rock guys or folk guys or? Um, the first one was a f- folk guy who Strong played writer. like. <laughs> no, he played. It was horrible. He played. Actually, I was better friends with his brother, and then I went out I, with him mm-hmm. it was like not good yeah but uh he played he played like piano man on the guitar that's wrong right how can you play piano man on guitar yeah, yeah. but you like the song not, not really. really i was just like he plays guitar <laughs> you know it was like 15 or something uh-huh and then the next guy he was more like into african rhythms the next music. guy was? Yeah, yeah yeah he was really talented yeah what was that called juju pop yeah or? yeah juju music yeah stuff yeah like yeah. That. yeah and then the next guy um, then the next guy was a girl who played acoustic guitar. And uh-huh. then um, uh, I was like, yeah, we should jam together. And then she's like, I only play my own songs. Oh, okay. Yeah. And was I was that... like, oh, you only play your own songs. And then we ended up having a band together, which was my first band. What was that called? Mermaid Cafe. And that's where it started? Yeah. with uh, It was like uh, after a Joni Mitchell song. Mm-hmm. So. so you were doing folk? Yeah. We got one gig at this kind of legendary small folk club mm-hmm. where like the bare naked ladies started and right. like, there's other people. And um, we brought a lot of people. So mm-hmm. he gave us a weekly gig and then we just kept writing songs. And yeah. then that's when I was playing folk music. Uh-huh. And then another friend joined who had taught me to play guitar. Yeah. Joseph Greenbaum joined. <laughs> 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 and then it was only Jewish kids coming to our shows and i was like i'm trying to break away from was the your, scene was the girl you were seeing jewish she was jewish too yeah yeah <laughs> it's so but she was she's not jewish at all. her family they weren't very right it yeah, didn't yeah. matter it was just but it's Jews. just like you know yeah. it's toronto there's yeah. like a, you know yeah yeah oh my god yeah. i didn't uh, i would not have assumed jewy jewy louie well you just you make <laughs> assumptions about people yeah. you, you know I, I i i did a little research i knew you were jewish but i didn't know how entrenched yeah, but I, I and I, but I broke away. Yeah, but did you break away uh, hostily? No, no, I was just. But it was, uh, you know, the uh, folk band was quite popular with the with, with the, the Jewish, Jewish community. Yeah, uh-huh. actually, there's a docu- like older people would come out. No, no, it was it all was like fourteen year old girls like um, crying to uh-huh. our music. And do- did you say a documentary? There's a documentary that two of those girls are doing right now about the relationship between queer culture and Jewish summer camps. Really? And because that's where we met, me and Did you girl, go to Jewish summer camp? I did. I also taught drama at, at, a, at another camp where like the kids would go home and the counselors would stay over. Sure. And what is the connection between queer culture and Jewish summer camp? Nothing. That's Nothing. what they're trying. And also... Oh, they're trying uh, to prove something? I didn't know that No, that no, was they're a, not trying to prove oh. it. And they're also... They're also um, Jewish culture and Jewish summer camps. Right. The, that's also like, what is the connection there? Yeah. And then camps and camps. I went to camps. I went to a Jewish day camp. Yeah. Yeah, Kaitana. Kaitana? I think so. Not Kaitana. 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 I have a friend named Kaiki. It's very difficult a Jewish for friend? Me. No, no. He's Brazilian. And I'm always like, Kaiki? I don't want to call you that. <laughs> I feel weird calling you that. But yeah. isn't that weird, though? There is this weird connection that I think Jews feel. And I haven't talked about it in a while. But there is a familiarity there. That you, you know, when you walk into a room full of Jews, you're like, I get it. You know, yeah, and even I imagine that's the same in Canada. You know, oh yeah, you, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's this this thing that we. It's a, a weird kind of um, with well, exceptionalism. They're, you're sort of brought up as a Jew to believe the Jews are like insanely special. Yeah, yeah, and you're, there you are with a bunch of Jews singing songs. Great. 
But what what is there? But there's no Jewish culture involved in these summer camps. It's just hanging, no, really, yeah. no, 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 uh, no singing, no, no, none. There was none in the ones I went to. I no. think maybe it was just a plan to keep us, uh, you know, marrying each other. This is this is what what they were talking about. Oh, the really? Two yeah, queer girls. Yeah, they're just like. And then what were we supposed to do being queer? Right. And then Mermaid Cafe, our big song that people would come and cry to, right. was about two young boys who were in love, and the mother catches them in bed, and one of the boys runs out of the house and gets on his motorcycle and drives away and gets hit by a ah, bus, you know? So Really? <laughs> so dramatic. <laughs> yeah. That was your big song? Yeah. Who wrote that one? Uh, Andy D., the other girl. Uh-huh. Yeah. And did... She rode a motorcycle. It was kind of about her. Uh-huh. But not the part getting hit. Wait, wait, but you didn't want to make it girls? No, she made it about boys. I don't know why. It was just... Yeah. What, but was that the first sort of time you, you you started to kind of push the envelope a little bit and, and present that life? I don't think I even thought about it as uh, pushing the envelope. No, but I mean, point. like, how was it being received about, you know, having a song, a relationship about two boys who were in love with each Th- other? That was like totally the song. Oh, really? And I was like all the kid, the Jewish kids yeah. in the, you know, heteronormative community. Yeah. They loved it. It was like, Hetero. they were also like, uh, Andy and Meryl are sleeping together. Yeah. <laughs> there was also that, oh, right? The, so the gossip was there. Yeah, yeah. Of uh, course. Heteronormative. That's a, that's the word? That's the... <laughs> That that's the classification. Heteronormative. I've never heard that before. Really, I, I like it. No, I mean I don't. I'm not up to speed on the uh, <laughs> classifications. Yeah, well, of us all. It's not really. Yeah, uh, I guess it's not really. I guess I'm kind of heteronormative. <laughs> <laughs> I'm okay with it. Welcome. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. So, how do you get from playing in a folk duo to fancy pants hoodlum? How does that happen? Um, because I didn't want to play folk music anymore, so I just started experimenting around. So with what? With other musicians, yeah, with like jazzers or whatever, yeah, you know, and just like uh, using my voice more. I love, you know, I love Nina Hagen or you know, uh-huh. Diamanda Galas, and just like Diamanda Galas, that yeah. was heavy shit, man. Yeah, she's amazing. Do you know her? Um, I do know her. You yeah. did? She's a really sweet, beautiful person. Yeah. I remember when that was when was when was those those first couple records were huge for a while. Oh, the one with like John Paul uh Yeah, yeah, that John one. Paul Jones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That 90s, was a while. early yeah, 90s, yeah. yeah. So you started to get into that. Did you sort of shift uh peer I, groups? Um, yeah, I mean, I was uh, even before like Mermaid Cafe, I was already living downtown Toronto with right. like, you know, different friends who I met at uh university yeah yeah and stuff like that so dancers and musicians right you know yeah who weren't jewish who weren't jewish (laughs) and now how are your parents like handling all this no that they're fine with that it was all good because i was still in toronto but wasn't there the fear like she's gonna be an artist oh no 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 they didn't care about that no they had a problem with uh, you know with me dating a woman they did yeah i mean that's how i you know stopped living at home what 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 they'd say? What what was their? It was approach? like it, it was just like, are you gay? Yeah, and yeah. I was like, l- kind of laughing, like, oh my god, my parents are asking me if I'm gay. <laughs> I don't even know. It's like I like people. <laughs> yeah, you know. And and did they? Kick I, you it out? was funny. Yeah, it was funny because I think my dad was like trying to be angry. Uh huh. In my mind, I was like, he's not really angry, but my mother was. Yeah. Yeah. She's come a long way. Yeah. 
I mean, she was very open and liberal, but still, you know, when it, it's your own child, it's it's quite different. So is, that's sort of interesting, isn't it? Yeah, it's 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 very interesting. It's a, I know it's a bad word, but I mean, yeah, yeah. A, no, the, but it's appropriate. Yeah, yeah. but I I mean, I, how did she reconcile that? I mean, and she was the one that reacted. Is it out of uh, is it out of fear, uh, or or did they think that oh, your life is going to be so difficult? That's what it is. Also, I think she's just. Uh, Worried that, you know, it's the 1950s right. still and that life is going to be so difficult if you have an interracial um, marriage or, right. People you know, are going to judge you. Yeah, you, yeah, yeah. You're never well, going to be able to go outside. Yeah, yeah. Things like that. So It's weird about parents, especially open-minded ones, when people get into the arts or have sexual preferences that they don't agree with, you know, their anger is 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 really this weird concern. Yeah. Like, you know, how are you going to exist? Yeah, it's like I could basically I couldn't deal with that if that was me, you know, also. Right. So Yeah, 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 yeah. And and how did she eventually come around the smoking psychologist? The smoking psychologist um she she'll never like that girl. Oh, that one. Yeah, she'll never she, like her. That one girl. Yeah, she'll never like her. Cuz she sees that girl as the one that did it. Yeah, I don't know. So whatever, it's fine. Yeah. It's to this day, yeah. she's not gonna. Yeah, like that. even like if I play shows in Toronto, and if Andy comes, in, my mother's still a bit like, "Hello, Andy. Hello. It's, it's fun. It's fun for me." I'm always like, "Andy's here." Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. So when did it? Because I mean, like when I was listening to the music and, and filling my head with uh, Peach's material. Which I do, and I don't, I don't always know. You're, you're rubbing your head while you're saying this and closing. I'm like, was it all right for you? No, it's great. <laughs> it was great. But like, I, I, I started to realize that, you, you know, probably seeing you live mm-hmm. and, and, and experiencing, you know, what you do on stage and, and how it, it, it sort of is put together there. I mean, the music's great, mm-hmm. but it seems like a lot of the stuff is a visual experience. I mean, even the videos, you know, the album covers, but then, you know, the, the few live things that I was able to see. It seems like it's it's half, if not more, of the experience of what you do is the visual element. Yeah, it could be for some people. For other people, they don't even know my name, but they know songs like "Fuck the Pain Away" or "Boys Want to Be Here." Sure, you know, without knowing me. Right. Like I've met people, you know, like kids, and they're like, "So what do you do?" I'm like, "Oh, you know, I'm an artist and peaches," and they're like, "Oh yeah, yeah." What are you singing? And I'm like, electro music. And they're like, oh, yeah. I'm like, you know that song, Fuck the Pain Away? They're like, Fuck the Pain Away, that's my jam. Yeah. And I'm like, that's me. And they're like, what? <laughs> you know, that I love that moment. Because to me, that's even the music transcending any image, any message, any, you know. Right. So that that's exciting for me. Or when it's used on certain shows like South Park or right. yeah, 30 yeah, yeah. Rock. And yeah. I'm just like, whoa. Yeah. It's like beyond... Anything that I have to, you know, right. so th- feed. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, yeah. it exists without you and will exist without you forever. Yeah. And it's just out there and people have a relationship with it. Yeah. That was, that was a hit? Uh, fuck the Pain yeah. Away? It was, but not, of course, it was never um, radio be, or hard anything. To, hard but, to be played. Yeah, but everybody knew it. This was like just before, you know, internet was... Right. Yeah. You just, so it was like 2000. Just missed the cut, just barely? No. Yeah, but which was great because... Yeah. Um, I was getting, you know, attention from a, a lot of huge artists, like loving this song and everything. And also, yeah, just it was going around. And people are always like, oh, yeah, that that was my, you know, I've conceived to that album. I've given birth to that album. <laughs> that's my high school I came song. out to the song. That's my high school song. That's, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. so many stories. Yeah. What's well, a powerful message? Yeah. <laughs> well, it's actually a breakup song. 
Well, yeah. Obviously. I, I, yeah, you know? obviously. Yeah. How are you going to get rid of heartbreak? You got to fuck your way through it. Yeah, so. Yeah. Does that work? Not always. It doesn't always work. It was work. fun. It was fun. It was but you fun feel, at the time. You feel like the, the tricky thing about fucking the pain away is that, you know, then all of a sudden at the end of your, you know, uh, your... Your, your self-therapy of fucking pain and where you're like, oh my God, I think I- I'm I fucked, tired. Yeah, I fucked my heart numb. <laughs> yeah. I don't- I'm don't tired know. now. <laughs> yeah. But the- but, just, Well, you hope maybe something will come out, you know, like you're just trying to be yourself again, yeah, right? sure. And then maybe something, you know, something will stick. You, yeah, you know, yeah. You know, that theory of like, oh, I'm not going to think about it. And then Who was the breakup happen. with? What's her name? No, no, no. It was uh, with the, my ex-husband. Oh, the yeah. eight-year guy. Yeah. 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 So you went from the the folky relationship with what's her name? I want to know. I want to know her name. Andy Just, D. Andy D. Andy just D. to irritate your mom. So Andy <laughs> D. Was, was would you consider her the first love of your life? Uh no. Robert Rob Robert Morton was the first love of my life. So when you I was met 16. when it's a high school relationship. Yeah. And yeah. then the husband's name. Jordan Sonnenberg. <laughs> wow, you really kept in the tribe. Yeah. Jordan. Well, Jordan, he, he was not into being Jewish at all, except for his name. Yeah. 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 And he was the mu- he was the music uh, an artist who he was made an artist. He made inc- he made yeah he made incredible things. He 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 also made a um, a model of himself with mm-hmm. a big claw and a big heart on. Like I would really like to you know relieve myself, but I can't because I have a big claw for a hand. So that was he like, he sounds Does like I mean, he... I was bad in bed. <laughs> I just was no, like, oh, wait. <laughs> no, it means he's got some problems. Yes. So he had a lot of issues to work out. So, <laughs> But, but was um, that an inspiration to you? It sounds like your he, reverence he was... for the dude in terms of how he conceived of things visually was pretty high. Yeah. He also was like a, a wealth of knowledge for like, um, you know, visual arts. And he went to art school. He'd be reading about something and be like, what's that? He'd be like, I'm reading a book about the Situationists. I'm like, who are they? And then he'd roll his eyes. So, so, so right, like, that relationship. Okay. okay. Well, because you know that movie oh, with uh, Bernadette Peters, Slaves of New York? Yeah, yeah. And the boy, you remember their relationship? And, not, not really. And um, he's like, what is it I hate about you most? Uh-huh. We used to say that to each other. Oh, that was the yeah, tagline? Yeah, that's kind of like- kind of picked it up? It's kind of right. Yeah? Yeah, how we so, were just like, there was like a negative kind of thing. It sounds like, uh, sounds like true love. Yeah, it was true love, so we <laughs> broke up. <laughs> but you got married first. We got married, we were like, yeah, it was my idea. Was it uh, ironic, or was it? I was like, let's get married, maybe we can move to the States, maybe it'll be easier, we'll get green cards, you know. We, we, we did love each other, but it was more like, let's get married, okay. You weren't thinking about having a family? No. No, just getting married. He has married. a family now. He does? Yeah. He leveled off? Is he still yeah. an artist? He's still an artist. Well, that's yeah. good. Yeah, he, he hung in there. Yeah, but um, when did you? When did it start to like? When did you start to put together this very versatile stage persona where you were you you kind of found your groove? I know it happens organically, but at yeah. some point you you knew you were gonna you know challenge assumptions. Well, I guess after you know, Fancy Pants Hoodlum was fun for me, but I didn't really have an audience. Right. Um. I was asked by a, a friend's band, Spin the Susan, you know, like a Lazy Susan. That yeah. was the name of their band. And they were very much like a Beyond the Valley of the Dolls kind of band. And the way they were presented themselves Presented on stage. and the music. Okay. And um, there were two girls in, in that band, and I was like, girls making music, awesome. So we played together, and then one of the girls I wanted to start a band with, and um, I was like, I want a girl band. Let's have a girl band together. 
And she said, well, my next door neighbor, he's a guy and he has like instruments in his basement. Let's just go over there and jam. And there's this other guy I have a crush on. Let's just get together. I'm like, girl, Ben, no. <laughs> but she's like, just come. So uh, I met these two guys. I didn't even meet them. Yeah. We just basically, we all smoked a joint and then we started jamming and then we started writing songs. About what? each other, without knowing each other, like with sexual innuendos, and it was crazy. And then we just kept switching instruments, which I'd never done in my life. All of a sudden, they're like, play the drums. I'm playing drums, and then I'm playing keyboards, which in my mind was like, rock and roll does not have keyboards. Right. You know, I was like, that is like number one. You were a purist. Yeah, I no was. No synthesizers. And now I'm so like, synthesize. Yeah, it's like that was the moment I got on the synthesizer and, you know, on a Roland. Uh, no, it wasn't a. It wasn't the groove box. That's no. it, but it was like a moog, uh-huh. moog, like moog. the real, like yeah, yeah. And I was like, yeah. And so um, after that, we all hung out. It was like Maki, who's a really good, awesome musician. Maybe you know him, and um, and Chili Gonzalez. After that practice, yeah, we got together. We all gave each other names. That's where I gave myself Peaches, and we called ourselves the Shit. Yeah, and we're like, we're the Shit. And because um, we were all dissatisfied with our music, and actually we we became pr- pretty popular, and just in terms of you could tell audience liked it, and we were enjoying it. It was kind of like art rock and really sexual. So that's kind of where the seeds of it all came. With sexual the shit. in 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 just the musical content, not not the uh, performance necessarily. No, yeah, no, we weren't like rubbing against each other. We were mostly screaming. My, my in my mind, we were like Pussy Galore, the okay, band Pussy sure. Galore. That was yeah, like yeah, my yeah. favorite. But it was rock. In your but mind. it was it was rock, oh yeah. yeah but yeah. it was arty, you know, right, with sure. keyboards and stuff. Did, were you were you into Sonic Youth? Were you into yeah. art rock bands? Yeah, I mean that's what that's what happened. Mermaid Cafe was like 1989, 1990, and right. then I heard like Pavement and Pavement. you know you know. Sonic Youth yeah. and Bong Water. I was really oh, into Bong Water. She's great. I can see that influence, Magnuson. Mm. I can see that a lot in the way you construct the uh, you know songs. Like they're kind of funny and they got yeah. Good she terms was of she was really funny. Yeah, and Kramer was sort of a mastermind for a while. Yeah, but Sonic Youth too. They were a big influence. Um. Yeah. I. I, yeah, I was. I loved Kim Kim Gordon in. and I loved uh, Pussy Galore. And what about um, Suicide? because well, uh, I the, the band suicide yeah, yeah. yeah. well it was funny well, because no, not the idea I do, do, yeah do. no I always I, I always say and, and I'm very influenced by suicide and then I'm like God some people don't know what you're saying you have to say the band yeah you yeah know? I did I just got turned on to them I miss fucking everything okay well wait wait this I miss them too because um so after the shit everybody moved away yeah. and that's when I got the rolling groove box and I was like I'm gonna make a band anyway it's gonna just by be myself. me yeah. yeah and that's where I thought it was being rock and roll and then all of a sudden it was kind of an electro and that was that became Teachers of Peaches the big one yeah that was, was my first album yeah so it is sort of an organic evolution you're Very with all organic. these art rock people and you're yeah. doing this weird shit and then you're like fuck it I need more freedom yeah. and need more point of view and you got that rolling what is it MC505 yeah and you're like I can do it all yeah, and I was like recording on an ADAT machine. So, what are you gonna say about suicide? Um, well, then I uh, I was playing uh, a gig. Yeah. And by yourself. Yeah, by myself. Uh-huh. <laughs> it was actually a folk night, but I was playing the yeah. keyboard, and it was. So very... you just start with a beat, and then people be like, "What's happening?" Yeah, and they'd be like, "What is this? I don't. It's one person, so it's kind. Of, is this folk? I don't." But, yeah, yeah. But and then my friend. He had this band, uh, Do Make Say Think. I don't know if you know. He's like, you need this. And he put uh, Suicide, the band's album. The first album. Yeah, under my arm. He's like, you sound like this. 
Yeah. yeah. And, and then, then somebody else in another gig did that with ESG. Do you know that band no. ESG? There's like um, these girls from Brooklyn in the 80s. No, the Bronx, sorry. Yeah. And their mom didn't want them to be part of gangs, so she got them all um, instruments. Uh-huh. And they became this great band. Oh, really? You probably know some of their music, but they're... Um, yeah, they, I'm lacking. Is it? Is it? Uh, what kind of music is it? It's. I mean, it's. I, I don't know. It's its own thing. Really? It's just like um, the the only boy in the band. I think his name was T Tito. Yeah. He's like playing kind of a bit of conga, and the, yeah. there's drums and bass and and very like simplified but really good and um, well, just su- a singer. I don't know. They, well, the, when I heard Suicide, I was like, "What the fuck?" I know this. Is really and, good. and then like I went and looked up a video of of Vega singing, and I'm like, "What is that?" Yeah, I got to sing with them. You did? Yeah, Frankie Frankie Teardrops. You did? Yeah, they're like, please just come on over and sing with them. I was like jumping on them, and it was so fun. I was just like, this is a dream. Yeah. And when did that happen? Later? Um, oh, yeah, much yeah. later, like after. All right, so you put together Teaches of Peaches by yourself, basically. Yeah, yeah, I just, in my room, I was like, um, well, fuck the pain away. Yeah. The recording of it yeah. was from a cassette off a soundboard the first time I ever played it right in a club for like 20 people uh-huh. and the sound girl I think her name was Marlon she's like oh, I made a cassette of your uh, set if, if you give me five dollars <laughs> you can have it right and I was like uh, bored five dollars <laughs> and yeah, I yeah. took it and then put that song on a demo uh-huh. you know as a demo yeah and then you know recorded a few other and people heard that song and I thought I would get feedback and it was like this song's awesome like it's great and I was like oh yeah don't you know if it ain't broke don't fix sure. so I never recorded that song and that's the that was that's, the recording yeah that that sound girl made well yeah she just recorded it I mm. was doing it live and she did it through the board no no uh, she just taped it off the board but I was doing all the sound in the machine on stage right like, yeah 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 m- mixing it and, and making up the words and that's the that's the version that's yes. on the record and then, that's yeah, the one that became the that's big... my lifeline <laughs> that's amazing so I love that so that the, the big hit the one that everyone knows you for in yeah. a way is just something that happened live and in the moment yeah that's that's gotta be a point of pride yeah that's it's fucking cool. awesome because I and I didn't even realize it because I put it on the demo hoping for like oh I think that guy makes electronic music I'm gonna ask him what he thinks yeah you know? yeah yeah so how'd the record deal come about there wasn't really a, a record deal I mean I, w- I went um with uh Chili Gonzalez yeah he had these like CD two CD players what's his real name his real name's uh Jason yeah but um he uh, had two CD players uh-huh. and um, you could plug it into a system. Right. And I had my own groove box and we went to Europe. We we're like, let's go to Amsterdam and smoke weed. That's all we wanted to do. Right. And he's like, but he had uh, a place in Paris through friends uh-huh. and then we met somebody else in Berlin. So we went there too. But yeah. it was just by chance. Yeah. And we would be like, we have machines. You can plug them into your stereo system and we could play music in your bar. You know, this is before laptops right, and everything. Sure. And now it's like, oh, yeah, just plug no it problem, over there. Yeah. Like everybody with their phone and, you know. This was a more sort of um, organic techno experience. Yeah. And uh, it was like uh, 1998. Yeah. Yeah. And then we got to Berlin and we met some some girl named Magda. And she's she was like, we were telling her, oh, what we do? And she's like, you should go to this place, Gallery Berlin, Tokyo, which was just some weird underground art space. Yeah. Um, and we went there and... There was uh, a guy from a very small label there, and he's like, "Oh, I'm interested in what you guys are doing." We didn't even sing; we were just playing like experimental music. Just the two of you. Yeah. Yeah. 
And then I had to go back home. Uh, I had commitments. And then uh, I was like, I'm going to move to Berlin. Should be fun or whatever. And then I made Teachers of Peaches in Toronto during that time. So this is post-Wall Berlin. This is open yeah, city yeah, Berlin. It's the, yeah, 1999 right. yeah. and stuff. Later. So like, 10 years later. So what was the scene like there? Because I've talked to people who were there early on when it was dark. Mm-hmm. And, and and like who did I talk to? Like Nick Cave and those people that you know gravitated yeah. towards the energy. But was it still pretty vital? I mean, it, was it still like it was a, incredible? You like climb through windows to get into like parties where there's like five people partying all night long. Yeah, and but like having the best time of their life, you know. <laughs> but what was the art scene like? Did you see anything that yeah. was starting to kind of feed into what you were doing? Uh, um, there uh, was there was a group, the uh, Honeysuckle Collective. And uh-huh. They were just making videos and yeah. doing performances and things like that. Um, were you considering yourself a performance artist? No, no, actually, I I, I wasn't. Um, you do get labeled that? I did get labeled that. Well, I remember like when I played my, because people weren't used to also just like a machine. Right. You know, they were used to people with a machine looking down, pretending right. that it was rocket science. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. Know? So, sure. So I was like, fuck that. I'm going to like put a rock and roll energy. I'm going to like perform with what I have, like Iggy Pop style. You know, yeah. that's my, you know, thing. But I'm going to play electronics. So it's going to confuse people. It's going to confuse people that I'm a girl in like little pink shorts and you see my pubic hairs and I'm aggressive, but I'm seeing these sex things really positive. So I was just like, let's go. Like, yeah. And people were just freaked out about it. And, you know, they saw it as art or, or uh, punk rockers loved it. Like a lot of the. Because it was different. Yeah. And a lot of the Berliner punk rock people started their own like, you know, electro uh-huh. one person bands after that. You planted the seed. Yeah, it was it was pretty. But there was also like. Atari Teenage Riot, which was, uh, um, you know, more of a digital hardcore scene, which came right before what I was doing, uh-huh. which was like more um, like angry version. Right. You know, and I was like, let's have fun with it more. So you you know? don't, you're not driven by any anger. No, it's, there's definitely, you know, anger and stuff, but but I it's playful. Right. Yeah. So was Iggy a big influence on, on what you he, wanted to do on stage? Yeah, but even more like like uh, raw power, all the the riffage. Yeah, yeah, I wanted to get that into electronics, which is AKA right. Suicide, the band. Sure, but I didn't know who they were. Right. So yeah, and then of course my dreams came true when I met Iggy Pop at um, like uh, some award show where I just ran in and was like, "Hey, Iggy!" And I don't know, he was in some kind of great mood and. I said, Do you, I love you. And then he held my hand and we were just kind of looking at each other like, yeah, man, thanks. And his girlfriend was there and, he, and she's like, hey, this is Peaches. She's the shit. And he's like, oh, cool. <laughs> and uh, I was like, where do you live? And he's in Miami. And I'm like, oh, I'm playing there next week. Want to come? So when I played in Miami, my guest list was Iggy, Iggy Pop plus one. Yeah. And he showed up. Oh, that's yeah. amazing. So he always gives me time. Oh, you know, really? like if I see him, he'll hang it's out. Like, yeah, he'll he'll he's usually eating a steak and drinking one glass of red wine. You know, he's but, very you know it's very lucid. You know, you make assumptions about those guys. No, he's, like I, he's he's it's all still in there. His he memory is so is smart, clear as a bell, and he's a real thinker. Yes, was, totally. Yeah, it was really uh, like surprising to me. You, yeah. you know, to have him sitting here and just lock in. 
like Rollins once said, there's like there's sort of this weird difference between Jim and Iggy. Yeah. Like, you know, if you talk to Jim, you're going to get a very sophisticated, thoughtful guy. And then he, when he becomes Iggy, it's that's a whole different thing. Yeah, he's like, fuck all that. Yeah, man. <laughs> yeah it's a very defined difference. Mm-hmm. So when did you start, you know, integrating, you know, uh, you know, spandex and cocks and hair? <laughs> and- well... Yeah, well, the whole, boobs. well, the, this is the thing. Like uh, when I started playing, I, I I got a really cheap pink bathing suit because I'm like I should wear something girly because I'm being because I was mentioning I was being so aggressive on yeah. stage and and um, people started to point at my uh, bathing suit shorts because yeah. they would see pubic hairs. Right, and I was like, oh my god, they're like freaked out that they see a few pubic hairs. This right. is amazing. Yeah, right. You know, and the album cover is a picture of that pink. of that, yeah. which is from a live show. Right. And um, and then I, I started to make like crotch galleries and things like that because people would be taking pictures of my crotch because they couldn't believe it that there was pubic hairs coming out. Yeah, it was just that was so con- that was so uh, weird, challenging. Yeah, challenging because like, it, it it sort of it it, it kind of. I guess the idea is that it undermines uh, the sexual the the sexual excitement of the shorts. Yes, so I guess or the, not, yeah, yeah, the heteronormative not, uh, heteronormative <laughs> interpretation of what those shorts <laughs> yeah, mean. Exactly, it's like that's not clean. There's hair coming out of yeah, it. Yeah, so yeah, so and I would play on that and armpit hair and stuff like that, which is you now, liked doing that challenging well this i, I was just lazy i don't know shaving. It? yeah i really i really don't want to shave there all the time no no, no 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 i know but like but that. but but you knew that you were on to yeah something. but i was like oh, that's fine let's yeah, just do it. that yeah. yeah but then you decided to keep upping the ante a little bit um, a little bit performance wise well, once you realize that people are like what? yeah no it just keep people were playing into it too they were making me costumes like that that you talked about this multiple boob costume with the Barbie heads that I had. Yeah. Um, that was made by one of my dancers. She just presented. She's like, I made you this. Well, my uh, The the woman I'm seeing is a painter and she turned me on to uh, Louise Bourgeois. Oh, yes. Today. She, yes, she's amazing. And she has like one of those multiple boob Right, yeah. but she also does all kinds of all those interesting sculptures that are kind of claws, kind of clits, kind of cocks, and uh-huh. you're like, what? And then spiders, and like, what? She's incredible, yeah. It's kind yeah. of mind-blowing along that front of... Uh, Provoking sec- uh, uh, heteronormative culture. Yes, I'm getting it. Yes, Can, give me some other classifications. <laughs> but at some point, you you must have realized that there was a following accumulating around you know what you were doing with um, you know sort of turning gender stuff in, inside out and, and pushing those buttons. Yeah, I mean, I really was speaking about it sincerely. I, w- I wasn't like trying to like think about you know right, some well, kind of. Put, it was yeah, just yeah. kind of happening. It wasn't a, an activist. Yeah, movement. no, was, I was just uh, you know, yeah. And then there was a lot of there's comedy to it. Yeah, there's comedy because that's the best way to sure. let people know what you're thinking. You know, you know, right? It's like that's the way you get through to people. Yeah, they laugh and then. It, goes in deeper sure you know? so and and when you do something as as big as some of the outfits you wear and, and some of the effects that you have and if you you know if you've got a dildo on somehow yeah that there it is hilarious but it's also sort of like what the fuck yeah the, yeah. D- the dildo is funny because right before i moved from toronto to berlin yeah yeah i was i was seeing this girl yeah who uh was a leather maker uh-huh. And she made me my first red leather shorts. Uh-huh. Little, and she made me two leather dildos. They were leather dildos? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And Those that... ones weren't used. Those were more for show. Yeah. So And then so I gave them to my two dancers. Uh-huh. And they wore them. I mean, I wore them. 
I wore it. I wore it on face mask. I didn't even think it was controversial because I just. I don't know if it's controversial. It's just provocative. Provocative. I don't know. I just thought it was funny. Yeah, it's hilarious. Yeah, Yeah. why not? So, and I almost got arrested actually when I opened for Queens of the Stone Age at uh, at the Palladium. Really? Because I was wearing that dildo because I have a song "Shake Your Dicks." Yeah. So me and my. you know, gal pal sidekick Mignon, we're both wearing them and singing Shake Your Dicks. And and then after there was like a whole team of people thinking about, you know, should we call the police? Is this indecent exposure? It isn't because they're prosthetics. Yeah. They're not, it's not real dicks. Yeah, so, but it was amazing to me that there was even a discussion about it. But the law enforcement is like, I don't know if this counts if they're not real cocks. Yeah, yeah, I would have, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, that conversation would have been good. That would have been real good. Yeah. So, but between Teachers of Peaches and, and the next album, there's a lot of years. Three years. Yeah. Yeah. Fatherfucker, the next one. Yeah. yeah. And, and what were you doing? Well, I always made an album and then toured for two years. Two years? Yeah. And when you toured, did, did you do roughly the same stage show, same costumes? Like, did you get it? Like, was there a show that you you hit every time? Because you had dancers and everything, right? Yeah, not not Teachers of Peaches was just me. Yeah. You know, and I, I'd go through the mach- through machine and then sometimes just playback. And it was a lot about interplay between the audience and right. by the end of the show I'd be always like I don't know I remember one show like being on someone's shoulders eating a hot dog in the middle of the audience <laughs> people just dancing around yeah, stuff yeah. like that you know but you never got into drugs um I no, work I'm, or, you know. no not for work yeah no I did cocaine once before a show and ugh, there's footage <laughs> oh really I'm just like if I'm already I'm just like, ah, yeah, like yeah, jumping yeah. and sweating it's not it's not good it's not cute yeah. Yeah. But um yeah, I'm not I, I I'm a marijuana person. Sure. Yeah. But do you do you ever think like you've clearly had a, a profound influence on a lot of other artists and uh, how, how do you do you register that? I mean, do, do you look at people like uh like Lady Gaga or 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 other people that are taking the type of kind of humorous like it, it seems to me that you planted a seed of something yeah. that yeah. that she uh, is aware of. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Of course. Do you know her? Um, no, hmm. I don't know her. <laughs> How do you feel about her? Um, I mean, what what she does is quite different because she's taken the um, the greatest influences of the last thirty years and put them all into her show. Meaning Madonna, and Grace Jones, sure. Rosine Murphy. So you think she's real aware of what she's oh, no, it's, appropriating? It's, yeah, she's she's very you know she knows all that for yeah, sure. Yeah. And um, so you see yourself as a different type of performer. Yeah, I mean, I'm just organically doing this thing, right. and right. it happened or whatever. Yeah. But um, you know, I'm not mad at being like part of this. Uh, you know, like let's look at a, an iconic history and build yeah. Gaga, like Grace Jones, Madonna, Peaches. I'm like, yes, okay, Ellen John, okay, cool. I'll be in that gang. <laughs> Thank you. Is your? But I guess I, I what I'm asking as a person that has spent a lot of time in my past, you know, judging myself against others. Did it, are you happy with where your career is as yes. you are? Yes. I am so happy. I'm not huge. Uh, yeah, I'm so happy I'm not Lady Gaga. Right. You know, it's not my it's not my goal. Right now, it's even such a good time, like with this new album. And the book? And the book, yeah. With the new album, Rub, now I'm doing interviews and people are like, you're important. <laughs> Things that you said happened. Like what? Well, because I was always like, I'm not moving towards the mainstream. The mainstream has to move towards me, uh-huh. you know, with like gender issues yeah. and like 
uh, gay rights and blah 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 blah. Now, do you? Are, how do you feel about you know? Obviously, the pressure on someone like Gaga to to sort of maintain whatever the hell she's doing at the level she's doing at, and then to take the the sort of uh, weird courage to change things up and do interesting things. Uh, becomes a pressure but do you find you've been put in the position as a an example or a role model or a spokesperson for for gender issues uh sometimes yeah, yeah. and but, and but that's cool yeah i'll say whatever i what i need to say about it and yeah. if i can't you know i'm not an authority i'm you know yeah do people come up to you and go i could change my life i was locked up in a in, in a small town and i didn't think i could get out and- uh i constantly hear that it's incredible uh-huh. it's incredible and what what kind of people are or what or usually are influenced like people that didn't think they had a, a way to express who they were or, yeah right, yeah right or, or coming out or them or or musicians uh-huh. or or feeling like they had to be just feeling my whole thing is like i want people to be feel comfortable in their own skin right whichever way that is right and that's the most important thing you can do for yourself. But it's interesting because your journey doesn't seem to to involve trauma and and involve like, you know, any real sort of restriction that, you know, you sort of kind of came to it with, with a certain freedom of mind that wasn't sort of like, you know, I'm going to, you know, fuck all this. And, yeah, you know. I, yeah, it's funny because I think about that because people are always like, yeah, and then, you know, yeah. had this horrible relationship. Yeah. Yeah, I. It's true. Yeah, it's it's, it's nice. <laughs> yeah, no, it's like it's nice. Know, you, people are like, oh, she's actually nice. Like, there's stuff. Well, you make an album called or, Father Fucker, and people well, are like, oh, you know, my dad loved that title. He thought it was brilliant. He did. Yeah, he was like, I totally. You know, it was because well, it's all based on like motherfucker this, yeah, motherfucker yeah. that. So, so it's, it's like a joke. It's a turn. Of, it's a turn on a phrase. That's what it is. Right. It's right. just like, what if we said father fucker all right. the time? Like, yeah. oh no. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so he that, got the joke, and he was. Yeah, he loved it. He was like, "Your beard looked so cute on the cover." <laughs> so they've really embraced your success, and, and yeah, what my you dad do. cries at shows. Like, you know, I'm sitting there, like whipping my pants around my head, and like doing somersaults, and he's like, ah. <laughs> "That's my baby." Yeah, yeah, he loves it. But then they they constantly, even now more than ever, my mom's like, "We're so proud of you, and you're doing really important." wonderful things but the thing we love most is that you're a good person that's really sweet that's true yeah it's because it's weird culturally me being a representative heteronormative (laughs) that you uh, i think you're overusing the word no 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 i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna put it on a sign no but i i i you know to classify in terms of our assumptions about like what you do so like there there's always going to be this sort of like oh she must be fucked up Yeah. yeah and and it's just not the case yeah and I and I think that's a, an amazing thing, and it gives you a sort of power to come from a place of fun and 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 really creatively embracing all these possibilities comedically and otherwise, and challenging from a place that isn't sort of like you know it has an axe to grind. Yeah, some sort of yeah. Yeah. I just want people to feel comfortable in their body. I swear. No matter what. I swear. No matter what. Yeah. Just feel comfortable in your body. Life's too short. Yeah. Yeah. You might as well be whole. Yeah. I mean, isn't that what we try and do our whole I, lives? I don't fucking know. Yeah, you're trying to find out who you are. You know, that's right. That's it. That, that's and, right. And that's being comfortable in your own body, right? Right. Yeah. Right. And then there's you know religion and politics that tell you you have to be this way, this way, and mainstream this way, this way, and that's where 
Yeah. You know, all the problems start and all the hidden secrets and all the Republicans going on the, you know, affair mm. sites and then you find out the truth. And, yeah, yeah. You know, so... What, repre- well, what repression causes yeah, and so, what fear yeah. causes. Yeah, exactly. It's all, uh, why Why are we giving into the repression and the fear? Right. And it's not like, yeah, let's just fuck everybody all the time. Blah, yeah. blah, blah. You know, I have like my standards and I have my... But I just, you know, really... Really honor yourself that way. And and when you did uh, impeach my Bush, that record was that obviously there's a political statement in in <laughs> in the title, but other than that, the one tune, mm-hmm. did you see it as a political record? I thought I I I see each album uh, like now yeah. in retrospect. I see Teaches of Peaches as a masturbation yeah. album in uh-huh. a very positive sense. Uh-huh. Um, I see Fatherfucker as a role playing. Uh-huh. I see uh, Impeach My Bush as um, a call to revolution. Uh-huh. And then um, I Feel Cream is um, exploring my vulnerable yeah. side. Yeah. And Rub, well, which is my new album. Return to Masturbation? Yeah, Return to Masturbation. <laughs> Always Return to Masturbation. Exactly. Come full circle. Put. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, uh, the the one I feel cream, mm-hmm. and it, your vulnerable side in 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 what way? Do when you were putting that album together, were you thinking like I'm I'm a grown person and and now I I have the uh, I'm grounded enough to 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 do this other thing? I think it was a. I decided to collaborate with with people. Yeah, like I, I was like I'm just going to collaborate with these people that I want to work with, which is vulnerable. Which is vulnerable, right. exactly. And then some of the songs became very vulnerable. And um, so, and also, I'm always like, I'm challenging myself, you know, like, sure. so why don't you challenge yourself to also use that side, the vulnerable side? How did it feel? It was great. Yeah. It was great. Yeah. And what is rub? What is it? It's just a, it, what do you Rub, it just not? sounds good. It's lazy. No, I like it's it. like, you know. The music, though, is different? It's very classic me. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's Classic good. Peaches. Yeah, songs like Dick in the Air, mm-hmm. song called Rub, of mm-hmm. course. Mm-hmm. Um, and in yeah. terms of making dance music, uh, I that's a whole other world in itself. Yeah, what is dance music? It's I don't really... No, but techno yeah. gets this I'm, well, I'm not techno. No. Yeah, no, for techno people, they'd be like, ha, ha, <laughs> right, right. kindergarten. You know, yeah, yeah, I yeah. to say it in a German accent. <laughs> it's kindergarten music. No, it's nice, but I, I wouldn't say it's techno. Like, I mean, there's a place in Berlin called Berkine. Yeah. I don't know if you ever heard of this place. It's like the Mecca for techno. Yeah. And everybody goes there. You go there on a Thursday and leave on a Monday morning, <laughs> and everybody's just naked, and the music's yeah. like, like, it's like a crazy... Yeah. Movie. Uh, maybe I'm thinking that. electronic dance music. How's that? Is that better? Like EDM. Yeah. Is that? <laughs> that's what it's called. Yeah. No, that's like yeah. It, it's it, that's. But you do make music. I do electro. I, I call it electro. I don't even know what to call it. Because no, but I it don't is like, like it is sort of like music that can transcend you know boundaries because of the beat. Like I noticed. Okay, that, that's a good way to put it. That yeah. that the that there's certain music that has a sort of international feel because it's it's catchy right and and it is danceable mm-hmm. and it can go on. For an you know anywhere from four to an hour yeah, minutes, yeah. <laughs> and and it doesn't matter what culture is listening to it, they're going to have the same reaction. They're going to be like, "Yeah, I'm dancing." Cool. Yeah, right? yeah. But and then I and then I'm putting these lyrics in, so they're dancing. Then they're going. And they're going. Yeah, I'm singing along. What am I singing along yeah. to? Whoa. <laughs> I just said that. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so okay, the other question I have: What was this Jesus Christ superstar business? 
that. Are you, are you a fan of that musical? Yeah, I am actually. Yeah, I saw see. it when I was younger. I saw the movie. Yeah. And, and, and like, I, there, there are certain parts of it I can't ever get out of my head. And like I, which and I parts? love them. Well, I like King Herod's song. Oh, yeah. And, and, and I just thought it was, uh, you know, great. You know, so you are the Christ, y'all. And, so um, gay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So good. And, uh, and I liked, um, what's the, the Mary Magdalene song? Yvonne Elman, who is like her and uh, Irene Cara, they're my, right, yeah. they are my favorite. Right. I, think Yvonne, I don't know how to love him. Is yeah. that it? Yeah, yeah, Yvonne yeah. Elman's voice, and she was also a Saturday Night uh, Fever. She, sang, she wasn't in it, but she right. sang like, if I can't have you, yeah, I yeah. don't want Oh, you yeah, know? yeah, yeah. But her voice is just so creamy and beautiful. Yeah, I love yeah. it. Yeah. So you did the musical. Yeah, well, because, you know, people our age know it more as a rock album, I right. think, you know. Sure. And so I wanted to um, honor it as that, like more than like, let's put a big production, you know, right. and everything. So I wanted to sing all the parts, which I think a lot of people, our generation, probably sat in their room and sang along to. Oh, it, yeah, definitely. You know? So yeah. that's what I wanted to do. You had that do. double album. Yeah, so yeah. that's what I wanted to do in front of people because I was like, I think I can sing all this. And you did it. Yeah. Where? Um, well, I had two runs in Berlin, and then um, I did it in L.A., I did it in San Francisco, in Toronto, in Chicago, um, So you toured places. with it, you well-received? Yeah, yeah, and Chili Gonzalez played everything on uh, piano, so... He's sort of a wizard, huh? Yeah, he's a wizard, and actually, we didn't even know, I didn't even know, and he didn't know we both loved this musical, I was just telling him what I was going to do, and he's like, oh, I'll play piano, let's do it, you know. I, I still do it, but he, he does, he's not my piano player, but I, I got asked to do it... At, uh, at a uh, at a national uh, state theater oh, in really? Munich oh, as a really? season this year. Yeah, like like like, like you know that you part have of five. The run. Yeah. yeah, part of the run. So I would have done it uh, twice every month, but I would screw up my album cycle. So I'm not going to do it. I can't do it. But I'm going to go do it once on in October. Munich. Yeah, in Munich on October 10th. How is it different? How is it staged? What do you have up there? It's just me. Just with no props. Uh, I have a whip. Yeah. For the second half, when yeah. I have to give him thirty-nine lashes, uh-huh. give myself him whatever. Uh-huh. Yeah. And that and that and that. There's a piano. There's me. I have a very simple costume on the first half, and then the second half I have more of a augmented, like big gold costume. Uh huh. And that's it. What are the pictures I saw of you being crucified? Oh, with the big dick. Dick. Yeah. That also is like another. This Russian artist came up to me and he said, I bet you need a cross for this show. I'm going to make you one. Yeah. And I had no idea. I didn't give him any. I was like, okay. Yeah. And he made me this like. It's a giant cock I don't cross. even know, like 30 foot long. Um, it's all muscle uh-huh. and there's a heart in it. People don't realize like all the like body uh-huh. uh, organs in it. And then at the head and the head top is a penis. Is that, do you use that in the show? Uh, I did on the Berlin run. But um, now I, I just become the cross. Oh, okay. I just like roll down some extra gold. So I am the cross. Yeah. Yeah. Mostly because I couldn't travel with it. Right. Yeah. Where, where is it? And I think it was like an unnecessary like. Why well, hit him over the head with a cock at the end? Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I mean, some people that was to them. They were like, finally, it's yeah. a Peaches version. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I, I don't think it's, it's essential to the show. Right. But it was there and this artist made it and it was great. So where's the, um, uh, where's the cock cross being housed now? In, in a place called Howe Theater, yeah, where we did the original production. It's there. It's just, just under there. And the Russian artist, every time I come back to Berlin, he's like, where's my penis cross? <laughs> <laughs> and where do you, where are you with religion in general? Like, how do you feel about it? Does it I'm, play? I'm pretty mad at it. Oh, yeah? <laughs> yeah. Yeah? I, just, I think they screwed up. 
Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. So you don't you, you you don't have any practice spiritual practice. The spiritual practice I'm not mad at. I'm just yeah. mad at like, you right. know, organized religion, sure. you know. But yeah. um spiritual I mean, I I I, I want to meditate. Yeah, I me but too. I, but yeah. do you? No, I don't. Yeah, I, I want don't. to. I want to. Yeah, so uh, yeah. we'll do it yeah. sometime. Yeah, we'll get five minutes. Why can't you do five well, minutes yeah, a day? Why, why is that so hard? Is, that's something you get asked. I get asked that. It's like no, it's that's really what I easy. ask myself. You do? Yeah. Five minutes. Just sit and breathe. Clear yeah. your mind. And then then all of a sudden, what time is it? Where's my phone? Yeah. yeah. And but people who do it are, are like so sort of like it is like it changes yeah. your life. Yeah. And I don't fucking do it. Yeah. I don't need to be in. You know, part of a TM or part of a group yeah. of it. I just want to do it. You a couple know. of them have hit me lately. Yeah. The TM people. Yeah. They're like, it's not a cult. Yeah. You just have to pay some money. Yeah, you just pay us. Yeah, pay them once. You just pay once. A lot and you get a mantra. Right, like yeah. three grand or something, right? No, it's ridiculous. Fuck it. Yeah. What are you doing in LA? Videos? We're living. You live here? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. I live here in Berlin. Yeah? I have a house here. And where Where do you live? What part of town? Silver Lake. Oh, you're right here? Yeah. You're down the street? Mm-hmm. Hanging out, yeah, going to Amara Kitchen. Did you ever do any of those performance art pieces, like in museums and? Things? Um, I tried. Well, you know Cynthia Plastercaster. Yeah. So I she plastercast my breasts, uh-huh. and I asked it's her to change for her. Yeah, no, she started that in the nineties. She's oh, like, why, 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 I gotta do girls. I gotta yeah. do boobs. Enough cocks. Yeah, so yeah. It's a lot of cocks. Yeah. So um, uh, when I was in Chicago, I said, can we do it as a performance? Uh-huh. And um. I was playing like a little show at uh, Weekend Records. This, I don't think it exists anymore. But um, we we like did a performance. So my friend had to do one of the castings, you know, and she was really nervous because she's never done it live. So uh-huh. we tried to make it like a live performance. And it worked? One with the boob that she did worked, and my friend was so nervous. My friend Malcolm is kind of like, oh. yeah, yeah, yeah. He's he, like, I'm really close to your boob. Help. Uh, yeah. That one didn't come out as good. No, so but it's got, okay. Got one good boob out of it. Yeah, all that's right. all you can. That's all you can ask <laughs> for. One good, good boob one out good of it. Boob. Yeah. Nice talking to you. Nice talking to you. It was great. Thank you. You feel happy? Very happy. All right. Uh, well, good luck with the new record. Thank you. Wasn't that great? Go check out her work. It's mind blowing and mind fucking. All the good things art's supposed to do. She'll mind blow you and and also mind fuck you. That's what me. Okay, I'll keep it personal. I don't mind. All right, so you can go to WTFPod.com for all your WTFPod needs. As usual, get on the mailing list, check the episode guide, check my calendar. I'm coming to Australia. What else? Oh, for those of you who, were, who noticed that we didn't get a Boomer Lives in, I, I spent so long trying to play Happy Birthday on my guitar that it, it, it actually eluded me. So, thank you for noticing. Boomer Lives!